You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, as you've heard, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. And today I'll be talking with Guy Eisencott. He's the Senior Director of Product Management at Palo Alto Networks and was a co-founder of the company called Bridge Crew. We'll be talking today about supply chain security and how to secure your software supply chain to make sure you can deliver quality products without uh, vulnerabilities and flaws and other issues. So let's just get right into it. Here we go. Uh, Hello, uh, Guy. Well, thanks for being with us here today. Appreciate your time. Hey, David. Nice to be here. Yep. Uh, So uh, we're talking about, of course, security in the supply chain. Maybe we can start with, I know this might seem a little rudimentary, but we have all kinds of listeners. Uh, So when you're talking about software supply chain, is is it still kind of akin to like, all right, I'm building an automobile and I need side view mirrors and I need an engine and I need tires? Uh, you know, which would be the supply chain for building a car. What what does that look like for software? Yeah, I'll, I'll take your uh, metaphor and piggyback on it. Um, so if 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 we're looking at the auto at, at the automotive industry, and uh, if if a developer is part of a uh, workforce that's building applications, then yeah, we've uh, come to a phase where independency that uh, was uh, was given to developers very. Um, has has drastically extended what uh, each and every developer can accomplish uh, with regards to the components and composition of uh, a complete application, essentially. Um, so uh, with uh, with microservices architecture, uh, every developer now has uh, the power to be able to construct uh, probably most of what uh, you would uh, you would refer to um, as a car. Um, from the infrastructure all the way through to uh, the operationalization of uh, uh, a data plane, a control plane, everything around it. Um, and uh, from our perspective, when we look at uh, securing that supply chain, we are thinking about the developer and uh, how he's or she's uh, getting uh, prepackaged templates, um, open source packages, uh, third-party uh, software uh, that's utilized either managed or, or, or semi-managed, and composing all of that together uh, to form the application. And um, if you think about it, um, there's not uh, really a lot to say about how guardrails really impact that uh, development lifecycle. Um, modern application uh, teams are really um, you know, at the point where they're giving a lot of autonomy to end developers, and it's now up to application security teams uh, IT security, infrastructure security teams to take a look at how that software is composed and build out uh, governance and guardrails on, on those processes. So how how does a developer know what to look for when they're using an open source package or some third-party component uh, to, to understand that it's secure? It's a, it's a complicated set of expectations uh, that we have today from developers when we even think about what we're expecting them to do. Yes. Uh, we know me, me myself in in my in, in when I build uh, out and in, in my previous development uh, life, I, I would look at usage and utilization. I would I would want to use open source that has a community that's uh, um, battle tested uh, that was used by companies and people that I trust. Um, but that's just part of it. You know, now with open source being um, 
almost a hallmark for software developers. Some of us in our spare time contribute to open source. There's just a lot more hands um, that are are just are, are touching very, very famous and very popular open source packages. So, I, you know, I have to say I'm not, a, not at the point where I'm even expecting developers to go through the rudimentary um, security examination um, and uh, due diligence that's required before using open source. Uh, but I'm I'm more on the camp that uh, believes that we need to build out um, secondary testing that comes after software is composed um, and uh, applies the again those guardrails and uh, and mitigations somewhere between um, a feature complete and uh, pre-deployment phase. Mm-hmm. Is, is are we talking about developers then also just uh, doing a lot of the uh... You know, SAS and DAS testing uh, for for security. Yeah, I think it goes way beyond that. Uh, uh, we, you know, um, Virtue, my company, founded uh, by two amazing co-founders about three years ago. Uh, we've identified a trend of using infrastructure as code um, as a base construct to um, essentially ship out very robust and scalable applications in the public cloud. No one at that point was really looking at infrastructure as code as part of a um, as as part of a code base that needs to be analyzed by SAST or Dust. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we've decided very early is to build out the first phase, first generation of static analysis for infrastructure as code. Um, but we understood it's not going to be enough. The infrastructure as code scanning, just like uh, your Java, Python, and Node scanning. Um, are, are only going to be able to give you a point in time detection on what's right and wrong. Um, and I think the biggest challenge with the types of risk we've seen around supply chain is combinations of risks that span from infrastructure and application code. Mm-hmm. Um, so SAS dust, you know, it's really the base, but we have to go far beyond that, start connecting the dots between infrastructure and applications. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know. So Bridge Crew, uh, as you said, started uh, what, three, four years ago. Uh, now part of uh, Palo Alto Networks. Uh, so what is your approach to helping developers uh, deal with these issues? Uh, so I think the big vision here for Palo Alto Networks, and specifically our cloud native security uh, business unit called Prisma Cloud, um, is really seeing how developers in cloud native cloud native organizations are setting the tone, and how by um, implementing controls from infrastructure to application and custom code. Uh, we can really ease their lives and also security's life by embedding practices um, directly into their uh, development practices. So instead of investing in point solutions, um, you know, collecting open source signals you might get from open source security tooling, uh, we have this view of consolidating the signals from a variety of different locations and then embedding them directly into the developer experience. Uh, we do this for code with uh, code scanning and testing. We do this as part of the build phase with uh, proactive guardrails in CICD. We do this with that deployment phase uh, with uh, one of the most mature workload security uh, offerings in the space. And we do this for runtime, uh, for posture management that goes far beyond configuration checks and really looks at an application as this um, living organism. In terms of the kinds of threats that uh, supply chain can introduce, what what are you seeing that's most troublesome uh, for developers to get a handle on? 
Yeah, good point. I think what's interesting is is not uh, is not necessarily what's the highest risk, but rather what's most uh, prevalent. Um, I think every developer today uses uh, some form of template, whether that's a Helm chart to configure Kubernetes, mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure as code, mo- like a Terraform module, um, open source packages. Obviously, we're just constantly importing templates from the broad internet. Right. And I think the cognitive challenge for developers today is to be able, on one hand, um, to take use of all of these prepackaged configurations in code, um, but also make sure that they're consistently audited um, in, in their CI systems. So I think that the biggest challenge draws to how we're seeing those templates being um, you know, so important for the development lifecycle, but on the other hand, they've been a blind spot for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our advice for security teams is essentially start by looking at what what are those prepackaged composition build, building blocks that are getting pulled into your artifactory or artifact or code artifacts. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that inventory, start working on the mitigations to make sure that uh, their use is done through proper controls and procedures. Right. So uh, yeah, you know, I know it's. Uh a platitude about um, developers and uh, complexity. And, and of course, you know, the notion that uh, the only the only constant is change. Uh, with so many moving parts and applications these days, you're talking about API calls, you're talking about third-party components, you're talking about open source packages, Kubernetes containers, all these kinds of things. It, it, it's such a moving target. And the uh, attack surfaces are so broad. How how is it possible to stay on top of all of those kinds of things? I mean, it just seems like all you're going to be doing, spending your day, the whole day, is is worrying about uh, patching vulnerabilities or making sure you're not introducing them into the application in the first place. Yeah, spot on, David. Uh, I think I think you're correctly identifying that. Uh... It's not just a matter of defining uh, what the attack surface is. It's just really making sure you're keeping an eye on on how it's changing over time. Um, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely a huge challenge I think for for application security teams today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of like to look at it as both a top down and a bottom up strategy. Um, I think a top down compliance driven uh, approach is always a good place to start for for an organization that's building up uh, security controls. And we've got some great new controls around um, around supply chain. Both we have a um, a, a CISA um, uh, a memo just just launched out. There's interesting community work to get a unified compliance framework called Salsa that kind of predefines what everybody should be doing on a base level and, and going forward. But that has to come with a bottom up mentality and, and approach. And, and I think from as product builders, we're really keen to learn about how practitioners already embed security controls in their application life cycles. If they're using, you know, IDE extensions, uh, CI uh, testing that includes security as part of it. If there's uh, utilization of open source uh, components that uh, do security, all of those are are also, uh, I think, an important part of building out a strategy that also, that attacks this target, both from a um, strategic level, but also makes sure that developers are on board and have uh, and and have a seat at decision making and making sure that um, their quality or quality of life and quality of development doesn't get impacted. Right. So you mentioned Salsa. Who's who's behind that effort, and is that something that uh, they're looking to move as a, a standard? 
Um, yeah, it's 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 becoming its its own thing. Um, there's a board; it's managed very similarly to the to the CNCF board, mm-hmm. uh, with both commercial um, uh, stakeholders, people from Google and Intel, uh, who've been very vocal on how they've been doing this kind of stuff for a while, but also startups um, that are setting the tone and trying to productize things that they've seen working in um, you know the fangs and the cloud native uh, estates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, what we're trying to do is somewhere in the middle. We'll, we'll take on salts. I think it's a great uh, it's a great benchmark for the industry. Um, but I think that uh, it, we need to be uh, moving fast to be able to uh, capture both the opportunity in the market, but also to see that uh, development teams really are uh, not uh, weighing in over their heads. Um, in, instead of you know piling on a bunch of requirements that most. Uh, dev organizations can't really withheld with everything else they have to do. Um, we're developing a very opinionated approach to supply chain security, something that's really as plug as play as possible and least intrusive um, initially for developers. And I think over time, as as these practices become as common as you know as CIS benchmark for for cloud standards, then we can probably as a, as an industry uh, decide that that's how we want to measure ourselves independently. So um, I think it's a project to look at, but I think there's a few other standards to to look out for and uh, and be mindful that this is as 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 this is a moving target. Uh, this is a problem that's uh, its exact boundaries are still are still TBD in my view. Right, exactly. All right. Well, uh, Guy Eisenkot, Senior Director of Product Management at BridgeCrew. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for your time. Great conversation. Uh, and thanks to our audience for uh, being with us here uh, today. Thanks so much. Until next time, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now. <laughs>